and you are listening to Law Gospel on this Rumination Tuesday, September the 17th in the year of our Lord 2019. I'm Pastor Tom Baker, and with me, my good friend, I was going to say, Wes Reimnitz. <laughs> but well, it's, hey, Tom, you're my good friend too, Mark could, Smith. Couldn't they get anyone to sing this hymn? None of the items on the internet had words. Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, so maybe it's because of the words. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, you say you think this hymn leaves a little something to be desired. Well, um, that's what our task is for today. Yeah. Uh, you'll never guess. Well, you know the author of it is George Weissel. Weissel. Yes. And uh, he wrote this hymn in 1623 for his installation as a pastor. Oh, really? Yeah, at the church he was at. And it was for the third Sunday in Advent. Now, they moved it out of the Advent area and put it into justification. In fact, the previous Sunday, he had dedicated the newly built church. And he had written another hymn for that. Goodness so, sake, this guy was busy and he had time to write these hymns? I know when I was installed, I didn't, you know, <laughs> writing a hymn in the midst of all that. Well, what else? Yeah, you, you didn't have to do a sermon. What, what else you got to do, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You only work one day. You a week had anyway. somebody else do a sermon for you for your installation. Yeah, sure. Yeah, so there was nothing to do. So why didn't you write a hymn? <laughs> yeah, I've written one hymn. Where do you begin? Where do you begin writing a hymn? Good to say. With a piece of paper. Think, do you think of the music? I I know nothing about. It. Do you think of the music with it or? Or are you just? I am of the opinion there is no new music you can write because uh-huh. every time I hear a hymn or anything, well, that sounds like, yeah. or that's taken from Bach, or that, yeah. and uh, boy, you got guys like Mark Lavery who can really tell you about that. You know, the organist mm-hmm. at Zion uh, Lutheran here in town, he's excellent at being able to indicate. You know, well, that hymn is from that setting or whatever. Yeah, when I was listening to one of Beethoven's symphonies, and the hymn was in the middle of it. (laughs) And I hadn't realized that it was Ah. a hymn that he had written. But he wrote this for his installation, and they moved it from Advent into justification. So that's what we have to do as we go through this, is see how it really teaches justification by grace through faith. I'd be curious to know why it was placed first in Advent. Well, that's when he was That's when he was installed? Yeah. I see. Yes. So um, why don't you read the first stanza and then tell me where you have a little problem. Okay. Seek where you may to find a way that leads to your salvation. My heart is stilled on Christ I build. He is the one foundation. His word is sure. His works endure. He overthrows all evil foes. Through him, I more than conquer. So, this certainly seems to give the opinion. Let's take a Bible passage, Luke 15, the lost sheep. Would you say to the lost sheep, Seek where you may to find a way that leads to your rescue. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, or even more uh, to the lost coin. <laughs> oh, yes. Is, there, is the coin going to be able to seek away? I mean, no, not what, not at all. So, why is this in the hymnal? Well, 
You know, I think of that one passage, seek and you shall find, knock and it shall be open to you. You know, right. ask, and she, ask and you shall receive, seek and ye shall find, knock and it shall be opened. That's, Don't forget that verse. Yes. Is there any phrase in this first stanza that gives you any indication that you aren't able to find the way on your own? Well, uh, it says, my heart is stilled. Yes. You know, in other words, I seek, but hey, your heart I, I, is I hit the dead end. You know, I... I uh, on Christ, on Christ I build. Yes, that's but it's right. He that found me, not I. I didn't find Him. You see, I think those two phrases really help us. My heart is stilled; I can't figure it out. Yeah. But then, when I get faith in Christ, which is a gift from the Holy Spirit, then I build. Then I build. Yes. So I think that's why this hymn is there, because it's nothing in the hymn. It gives you the impression that God isn't the one who's doing your salvation. But it sure sounds like he isn't. Mm-hmm. You know, but you got to read the context. That's right. That's right. I always talk about the context. I mean, how many times in the Old Testament does God say you're not going to be saved if you don't follow my commandments? But then when you get to the New Testament, or many places in the Old Testament, you understand that following God's Torah means believing his gospel even though you're a sinner remember david with bathsheba what did the prophet say to him thou art the man thou art the man and he confessed his sin and then what did the prophet say god hath also put away your sin yes you shall not die you shall not die well said so you need to look at the context. Now, that Bible verse you brought up, say it again, ask and... Ask and, ask and you... Let's see. Ask and you will receive. receive. Seek and, and you shall f- find. Knock and it shall be open unto you. Right. But if you're knocking on the wrong door... Right. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm preaching today at Synod and uh, at 10 o'clock. So you can hear it on the air. But it was one of the texts that I spent more time in preparing for this because I had no idea what I was going to say when I read it. It's from Second Chronicles 28 where Israel beats up Judah. Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. Now, how you <laughs> And gonna... that was appointed to you? Yes. Oh, you, they're, they're always that's the way it works? They're always appointed? Yes. You, you got to... The hymns oh, are appointed, yeah. etc. You can't just pick your own and favorite, uh, favorite text. That I do on Wednesdays. <laughs> <laughs> open mic. Uh, for, uh, not open mic. Yeah. Uh, Bible study Wednesday, which I'll be doing tomorrow. And I, I'm actually going to do this because, we're, you know, you only preach for nine, ten minutes. Right. And I put in about three hours trying to figure out what to do. Oh, sure. And sure. so there's a lot of insights I don't have in the sermon, so I'm going to spread them out tomorrow for the uh, uh, Bible study. But uh, that's why you have to look at the context, because oh, sure. the context tells you everything. Now, this next verse, I know you're going to, there's going to be something you, you may well, not fully agree with. Let me read it. Let me read it. Oh, okay. Why don't you read it? Seek whom you may to be your stay. None can redeem his brother. All helpers failed. This man prevailed. The God-man and none other. Our servant king of whom we sing were justified because he died. 
the guilty being guiltless. Now, you've, I've heard you say before that our guilt, you distinguish between guilt and justification. You say our guilt still remains. God's pronounced us uh, forgiven. Yes. But you say the guilt still remains. Yes. And that, that would seem to fly in the face with those words. Are you, are you, do you feel pretty certain about that, Tom, that, that our guilt, I know we still feel guilty, but that's, maybe that's because we need to hear more of the gospel. I mean, I, I, I struggle with that a little bit. I, you know, you hear so, so often you hear references to the fact that, that, that he's uh, washed our guilt away as well. Yes. What do you think? Um, it's kind of interesting. I have the German here, the yeah. original. Uh, because he died, the guilty being guiltless. And uh, what that says is, Der für uns ist gestorben. And gestorben doesn't mean guiltless. It kind of has Disturbed, the, right? No, forgiven. Forgiven, okay. Yeah, it has that. And it's a translator who put in guiltless. Yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. Now... Don't you, do you still stand by that? that, that Let's that give God, an example. That God has not taken away our guilt, but he's, take, he's pronounced us forgiven. There's, and there's a difference, you say. Yes, because I did a long study on what the word forgiven means, and most Lutherans don't know that. I'll be talking in front of a big crowd, and I said, what does forgiven mean? And they'll quote maybe Hebrews or Jeremiah that God forgets your sin. I said, well, wait a minute. God can't forget your sin. He's omniscient. What does it mean he forgets your sin? And, and I finally came up with uh, what I think is correct, is that when you're forgiven, you're no longer held accountable. accountable. Right. But you still may f- might feel guilty. It's not a feeling. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's actually reality. You're st- okay. I think a lot of people, frankly, I think a lot of people would like to, to know that the guilt, too, is gone. Oh, Don't no. Don't you think? No, it can't be. Because There's no way. Well, I'll give you an example. David sinned with Bathsheba. Yeah. Uh, he was forgiven, not held accountable. Was yeah. he still the, guilty? The child, the child died, though. That's right. But yeah. was he still guilty of sinning with Bathsheba? Yeah. 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 In fact, we confess. But I think, you know, I think there's a lot of people that don't understand that distinction. That could be. But uh, they're the ones who say on a Sunday morning, I deserve nothing but temporal and eternal Eternal punishment. punishment. Wait a minute. You wouldn't deserve anything if you were guiltless. That's that's a good point. Good point. Yeah. So the very fact that our confession shows... That we're still guilty of the sin. Yeah. I don't think that distinction is made clear enough to people always. It's also found in that tremendous distinction. You know, um, we're at the same time sinner and... Saint. Yes. Simulustus et peccator. We're sinner and saint at the same time. Yeah, that's, uh, that's a good point. Uh, you no, know, we daily you. sin much and indeed deserve nothing but punishment. Do you know how many people can't sleep at night because of the guilt that's in their right. mind. Right. Now, what's the comfort of that? The comfort is, okay, yes, you're guilty of that, but God's not going to hold but, you accountable. Yeah, that's right. From God's perspective. Yes. You know. It's as though you are a saint. That's right. 
Yeah. You know, even in... That's he, what gives us the comfort. That's what gives us the comfort is the but gospel. Then, but, but the devil likes to whisper in our ears, ah, you're still Well, the, the devil uses the law. Yeah. And uh, the law can't save anybody. So, um, and, and you hear, oh, I've been watching so many YouTube things. I've been watching what prisons are, the worst prisons in the world. Oh, yeah. They're really good, I tell you. <laughs> oh, I, I mean, know. They have a little cell... A real small cell with 18 men oh, in it, I and know. they lie down beside each other to sleep, and oh. then they're told when they have to turn over during the night. Yes. They're not allowed to unless they hear the command. <laughs> it's just, I do not want to do any crime no at all. Way. <laughs> but every time they interview them, they say, I was not guilty. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's the same old story. It's the same old story, and you see, they don't recognize that they're guilty and that they're paying the punishment isn't for that them. ironic that here these these arch criminals they don't feel any guilt yeah <laughs> no because no they have a reason yeah why they did that yeah yeah he disrespected me right oh now some prisons are really changing things around they've got the guards walking among the prisoners without guns or anything and trying to be kind to them and this kind of thing. I want to see if this is going to work. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, a prison. These, they don't have a conscience. And boy, you got to be careful. You bet. Stanza three. Seek him alone who did atone, who did your souls deliver. Oh, seek him first, all you who thirst for grace that fails you never. In every need, seek him indeed. To every heart, he will impart his blessings without measure. Now that helps us to understand what the word seek means. Would you not agree with me that every time you preach a sermon, the goal of the sermon is to help your people seek Jesus out? Right. Yeah. Right. So if you understand it in this sense, seek where you may to find a way that would be speaking to believers. Mm-hmm. Um, this isn't speaking unbelievers. This is kind of justification. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's speaking to those that are already already have been brought to know Christ. But And every time I deal with a member of a congregation who has done a great sin or such, and they're really remorseful for yes. it, repentant of it, but they still can't sleep at night or yes. have trouble... That's where you're trying to get them to seek out Jesus. And how do you do that? Go to his promises. And his promises, there are so many of them in the Psalms. Right. Yes. And so that always, um, when you go to a hospital and you have a little devotion, most times you take it from the Psalms or do you go? I use the, you know, I use two Psalms in particular. Oh, what I are ju- they? I always, well, the 23rd Psalm, which yes, is so familiar. Lord is my and 121, I will lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. And I also use Psalm 46, you know. Well, you could have written this in. Seek where you may lift your eyes up to the hills. Right. <laughs> See, that's. Yeah. So when you first read this, seek where you may to find a way. If you're thinking it's talking unbelievers, uh uh-uh. uh. No. No, this is talking to uh, those. Um, who believe in salvation and are really having trouble getting through life. Right. Yeah. So. It kind of reminds me of that, uh, that um, section where 
somebody comes to Jerusalem and they come to one of the disciples, I think it might be Philip or somebody. Oh, yeah. Uh, and, uh, sir, we would see Jesus. Yes. Remember that? That's right. Yes. They, they wanted to see Jesus. They, they'd heard about him. They heard the good news connected with him. Right. But they wanted to, they wanted to, to talk with him. Yes. Sir, we want to see Jesus. I've even, I've even seen that, uh, inscribed on pulpits. Oh, really? Yeah. Where, you know, you know, cause that's, that's what you want. That's what you want to do to people. Well, the word to see is also seek. Right. Yes. You're helping us with this hymn quite a bit. I hope. (laughs) Yes. In some small way. Yes. That's why who you're talking to is really important. And if you're talking to believers, you got one message. And if you're talking to unbelievers, you got another message. Well, let's see what verse 4 who they're talking to. My heart's delight, my crown most bright, O Christ, my joy forever. Not wealth, nor pride, nor fortune's tide, our bonds of love shall sever. You are my Lord, your precious word shall guide my way and help me stay forever in your presence. There's no way that an unbeliever says any of that. No. No. And did you notice the very first phrase, my heart's delight, in contrast to verse 1, when you're seeking, my heart is stilled. Yeah, right, right. That's a good point. Yes. Isn't that great? My heart is stilled as opposed to my heart's delight. Yes. And when you have delight in Christ Jesus, then what we're talking about is that that's where your joy and comfort comes from. Right. Yeah, I got a new thing on that I found. What's I it see that. Joy, you're joyfully Lutheran, right? That's a theme that we've been using a lot. In, yeah, in the it was synod. the theme of the convention. Right. Yes. So, um, and then on the other side, I The got, Luther seal. Yeah. And I found it right over here on the table, really? and I asked them. Beautiful. Yeah, I know. Uh, you can ask I mean, me. I've seen different depictions of Luther seal, but that's a pretty pen in particular. Yeah. Yeah, I was... Uh, I, I wonder not, who you stole it from. <laughs> no, I'm just sh- kidding. Sh- I'm just kidding. But I did. <laughs> no, I asked Mr. Bates, and he said, no, go ahead, take it. Uh, yeah, nice. I was just sitting around here, and uh, they have a number of things that I keep seeing you steal, like candy oh, and yeah, stuff yeah, like yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. So I think this would be a good hymn to have on your mind when you're dealing with young people who have left the church. Young people who have left the church. Because yeah. they're not seeking. No. And boy, are they going through troubles a lot of times. Boy, you aren't kidding. Yes. There's vaping, you know. Oh, yeah, I heard about that. Uh, explain oh, what vaping is. Well, it's uh, using a mechanical cigarette or what, electronic cigarette? I don't. I know very little about it. Yeah, I, right. I never even knew anything about cigarettes, much less vaping. So, I know. So uh, I don't. I don't know why people get onto that stuff. What? Is, it's They're, bad enough having to break chocolate habits. Why, no, no, why no, do you no, get no. involved in, in? It was advertised as a way of stopping yes, from smoking. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, and so that's why people grabbed onto it, and now they've got deaths going around oh, and this kind of thing. And it's. Have you seen pictures of them vaping? The smoke's just. Yeah. Smoke's just covering their face. It's just, and it's still got nicotine in it. I know. Yeah, it's just. Um, but that's another thing I like watching on oh, YouTube. Well. All the uh, addiction people yeah, have. We have to be careful not to be too judgmental. You know, I mean, you know, you know, people. We know there's fine Christians that struggle with that, and and God help them. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm saying, you know, you got to be careful not to turn people away from the gospel. Just be, You don't want them to feel bad about their vaping. They don't want to hear anything about the church anymore or about the gospel. You know what I'm saying? No. You don't? No, I don't have any trouble saying to somebody, uh, every time somebody smokes a cigarette, you know, I just feel bad for them. You know, because either of their ignorance or this kind of thing. And uh, I tell you, there's so much literature out there that it's terrible when you're smoking in your house with kids there. Yeah, but you've got some. Hey, you've got you do have some devoted Christian people that that struggle. They know that they know that cigarette smoking is not good for them. And but when you say don't be judgmental, are you saying don't tell them it's wrong? No, I'm well, just, that's I'm judgmental. Just saying, I'm just saying you, you know you don't want to turn them away. Well, that's not my I job. I felt very bad the other day. I, I, I made a comment about tattoos. And, you know, there's nothing. Scripture doesn't say anything about tattoos. Well, it, and so, and, and I felt very bad after I got off the the radio. Yeah, I, right. I felt like, oh, maybe somebody was had a lot of tattoos on and they didn't want, they, mm-hmm. oh, I'm not going to hear that program anymore. Yeah. You know, that, that would be bad. That's a good point because I was talking about when I was driving for Uber, I picked up a fellow from a tattoo shop. <laughs> And he was doing it to try and become comforted in life. He felt by having yeah, tattoos, it helped him. Yeah. And so... I don't understand that either. <laughs> we may not understand it, but then, you know, I would then... In fact, I was talking to him this way. Paul said that he was at a place where they had an unknown God. Well, that's yes. your unknown God. Yes. And I can tell you where you can be comforted without having to pierce your skin. Right. You know, that's whether... Right. Uh, but. You make a good point. We want to be empathetic, you know. Right, exactly. Well, I'm on my run. No, I can walk. (laughs) To should we? uh, You want to take over? No, 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 thank you. Oh, okay, for sure. You're gonna go preach. Yep. And so, what we're gonna do while I'm leaving here is you're gonna hear the hymn again without words.
Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker, P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri, 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. 